My name is Tamara Gober, and I'd like to personally welcome you to the Hope Community Podcast. Before we begin, if you live in the New York City area and are looking for a church home, I'd like to take this time to invite you to our services. For time and place, check out our website at hopecommunitynyc.com. Again, thanks for listening. We hope you are encouraged by this message, and we truly pray you walk away looking more like Jesus. All right. Well, we are in week two of Advent. Last week, we talked about hope. This week, we are talking about peace. You can see it right here. Hope, peace. Guess what next week's going to be about? Joy! And then it's, and then also love, the final week, which is going to be Christmas Day. Um, and so uh, I've, I've enjoyed going through this. I've enjoyed going through uh, hope last week. Hopefully that hopefully you guys, you know, pulled something out of last week and were able to use that this past week. Uh, today, I'm hoping that we can talk about peace in a way that will open your mind as to how we can find peace. All right? How can we find peace? Peace is a word that is used a lot during this time of year, right? People are singing about it. You see it in lights all over everything, and we just associate Christmas with peace. It's something that that goes up everywhere. We talk about peace, and why? Because Christmas is associated with Jesus, and peace is associated with Jesus as well. You guys know uh, the scripture. We talked about it a little bit last week um, out out of Isaiah 9, which was a prophecy about the, the coming Messiah. And, uh, and what did the scriptures say? They said this about the coming Messiah. Let's do a little quiz. He was going to be called Wonderful Counselor. He was going to be called Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Prince of Peace. And so we see that word associated with Jesus. Whenever uh, the shepherds um, were visited by an angel, right? Uh, The angel came and said, hey, don't freak out. Like, everything's going to be okay. Check out what's going to happen. And then this whole multitude of angels started chanting, glory to God in the highest and on the earth, what towards men? Peace. Yes, that's a safe answer today. All right. Um, Peace and goodwill towards men. And so Jesus is associated with peace. And whenever we become Christians, we're like, all right, we want a piece of that peace, right? That's what, that's what we want. We're hoping that that's going to be what happens. And we think about Christmas, we think about peace. How many of us actually feel at peace though during Christmas? (laughs) right? Sometimes we don't. I don't. Can I just be honest for a second? Like a lot of times during Christmas, like I'm like, can we put instead of peace, let's put pressure. Like let's put pressure instead of peace right here. Because man, sometimes during Christmas, we feel so much pressure, right? The pressure of gifts. How many guys are freaking out? Because you still don't know what you're going to get somebody. Anybody? Yeah. Right. Oh, help him out. All right. Help him out. Just a little bit. Okay. Uh, (laughs) All right. The pressures of finances, right? What about finances? It's like, oh my goodness, like this is supposed to be a a season of like giving and I don't know how much I have to give, right? Um, Sometimes the pressures of family. How many of you guys ever feel pressured by your family during times of Christmas? Yeah. Uh, the pressures of decorating. Does anybody feel like that? Is, any, is anybody like, oh, man, you got to get these out again, and we got to decorate, and we got to set everything up, and I got to shape a tree? Anybody not like shaping a tree? I hate shaping a tree, and that's my job every year. My job is shaping a tree. So, no, like sometimes the pressure, I'm like, she's like, can we get the tree down? I'm like, do we have to yet? Like, can we wait just a few more days? It's inevitable, though. It's going to happen. I got to shape a tree. We, we got pressures of deadlines, right? It's the end of the year. 
We have all these deadlines. Maybe you guys are having meetings. You've got all these things you've got to think about. How about the, pr the pressure of other people's expectations? That can be huge. A lot of times we have that. Or the pressures of your own unmet expectations for yourself. There's a lot of pressure in that as well. Um, and you might expect Christmas to be about peace. And then boom, it's like, where is the peace, right? And here's something that's interesting. I found very, very interesting that mental health professionals tell us that above all other times of year, did you know that Christmas is the one most associated with depression and not peace? There's a lot that's going on. There's a lot of pressure, right? And it may leave us wondering if Jesus is the Prince of Peace, where's the peace, right? Where is that? And peace on earth, angel? I don't know if you saw, like, what's going on. Like, even then, whenever he said peace on earth and, good, and goodwill toward men, like, there was not peace going on at that time. No peace at all. And in fact, from the moment he said peace on earth, the angel said peace on earth, have we seen peace on earth? No, we, we haven't really seen uh, much peace on earth. We haven't seen peace really anywhere. You've got conflict all over the place. You guys see conflict um, everywhere that you turn. Uh, you've got conflict uh, with your own family that happens. You've got conflict with your boss at work. You've got conflict with your coworkers. You've got conflict with your spouse. Don't say amen. We live in New York City for crying out loud. Like conflict is part of living here. All right? There's always going to be some sort of conflict. I got, I'm in, I, have you guys ever been in conflict with a complete stranger? For no really reason at all? Like it's just something got heated and you're all of a sudden in conflict. You do not have to go looking for it. I was taking um, a friend of mine, whenever people come to town and they're like, take me to all the sites. You're like, I would love nothing more. So you, so you, you, you know, um, and so you're, and they're like, let's go to Times Square. And you're like, yes, I was hoping you were going to say that. And so uh, we, we went to Times Square and uh, we're hanging out in Times Square and Times Square for Christmas, uh, you know, like instead of just regular Elmo, Elmo's got like a Santa hat, right? Instead of just like regular Batman, Batman now has a Santa hat. Well, now they've got the Grinch out there. Like I saw the Grinch and, uh, and I'm sitting here and, you know, my friend is like, get a picture. And I'm like, okay. And so I'm taking pictures and, uh, and then the Grinch makes his way over to me and he's like, you want to take some pictures? And I was like, no, like I'm good. You know what the Grinch told me? I can't tell you what the Grinch told me. <laughs> I can't, at least he's in character, but like, I, I, I can't tell you like conflict everywhere, everywhere. How many of you guys have ever been cursed out on the street before? Anybody? Mm, yep, me too. On the train, maybe? You found some conflict in there? Yep, mm -hmm, me too. Conflict is everywhere we look. And that's just like conflict here, right? That's conflict like in our own lives. And, and conflict is everywhere you turn. You've got crime. Think about this, like all of these things, crime, racism, abuse, violence, politics. Is there peace? Is, is our politics defined by peace? For sure not, right? There's all of these things, and that's just domestic stuff. What about international conflict right now? What's going on in Iran? What's going on in Russia? What's going on in Ukraine? Many more, right? And, uh, and I'm sorry, but world peace is just something that is not what's going on. I don't care how many Miss Americas wish for world peace. It is just not something uh, that we have seen, and it's not something that we're necessarily going to see um, in years upcoming yet. But the question is, so did Jesus fail? Is the Prince of Peace, did Jesus fail? Was the prophecy wrong? Were the angels mistaken? And that's something that 
back then they certainly thought. They thought that Jesus was going to come, especially the Jewish people, they thought Jesus was going to come and he was going to relieve them of the Roman oppression that they were under. And they thought, man, this is, what, this is the Messiah. This is going to be the one that's going to come. He's going to establish the Jewish kingdom. Like now it's over, Romans. Like it's done. Like if the Messiah is here. But then as Jesus came and as Jesus died, they found themselves it, maybe not, maybe even in a worse situation than whenever he came. And you know, it's interesting because we as believers, um, a lot of times we, we think of Jesus the same way. We're like, okay, if Jesus is the Prince of Peace, then shouldn't I be experiencing more peace in my life? Shouldn't I be experiencing not as many hardships? Shouldn't I be experiencing things a little bit easier now that I have Jesus in my life? Aren't you the Prince of Peace, Jesus? If you are, then why does it feel like so many things aren't going so well? Maybe some of you think that from time to time, Jesus, I'm following you, but why isn't there peace? Have you guys ever thought that? Anybody ever thought that? Can we be honest for a second? Thank you for being honest for a second. I never have. You're the only one in the room. I'm sorry. But thank you for pointing yourself out, right? Man, and we're going to talk about peace in a moment and having peace in our lives uh, in just a moment. Um, and, and as awesome as having peace in all of those areas would be, did you guys know that it's not our greatest need for peace? That kind of peace is not our greatest need for peace. Our greatest need for peace is with God, our creator himself. That's our greatest need for peace. And it's not until we find that peace can we even begin to truly have peace in other areas of our lives. Here's the beauty of the gospel, all right? And I'll have this up here on the screen for you guys. This is the beauty of the gospel. Jesus, the Prince of Peace, came and lived at peace with the Father. He didn't sin. Yet in conflict with the world. And he was killed by that world so that we who have tried to live at peace with the world and in conflict with the Father could have peace with the Father. That's an amazing truth. That's an amazing truth about what the gospel truly is. Jesus truly is the Prince of Peace. He really is the Prince of Eternal Peace. That's the peace that Jesus came to be. And the Bible says that everyone who puts their faith and trust in him will be saved and you will have an eternal peace, which is so much greater than any temporal peace that we could ever want or need. And we're okay because we are okay forever. We have peace with God. Um, Romans chapter five, verse one says this, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have what? Peace with God, right? Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus brought peace with God to us. But listen to me though, following Christ, here's the truth. Following Christ will not bring you peace with the world, all right? It might not bring you peace in your personal life as well. And that's something that we have to understand so that we don't think something wrong about God. We don't think something wrong about who Jesus is. Because whenever we think something wrong about who Jesus is, then Jesus fails us. And Jesus never fails. 
So we've got to think what's right about him. And he didn't, you know, contrary to popular preaching, he didn't come to make your marriage better. He didn't come to bring peace to your finances. He didn't come to do all of those things. He came to bring you eternal peace. He came to bring us eternal peace. And it's not going to make things better. Why, you know, Isaiah called the Messiah the Prince of Peace. Angel exclaimed, peace on earth at his birth. But listen to what Jesus said about himself. This is in Matthew chapter 10, verse 34. He says this, do not think, do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father and a daughter against her mother and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law and a person's enemies will be those of his own household. Wow, those are strong words. Listen to what this commenter, uh, this commentator had to say about this scripture right here. It says this, though the ultimate end of the gospel is peace with God, the immediate result of the gospel is frequently conflict. Conversion to Christ can result in strained family relationships, persecution, and even martyrdom. Following Christ presupposes a willingness to endure such hardships. Though he is called Prince of Peace, Christ will have no one deluded into thinking that he calls believers to a life devoid of all conflict. Listen, but, but Jesus said this in, in 15... Uh, John chapter 15, verse 18 and 19. Read this. It says, if the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. He also said in John 16, I have said these things to you that in me, you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation. Does it say might have? Noah says, you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Our goal as we grow in faith is to look more like who? Jesus. Our goal is to look more like Jesus, but as we begin to look like Jesus, we also, like Jesus, will find ourselves more and more at odds with the world, and odds and peace don't go together. We're going to find ourselves at odds with the world. How can we not, right? The world has its values, and its values are at odds with God's values. The world has its, its loves, and, and a lot of times the, the love of the world is at odds with God's love, what he has defined as love, right? And, the, and the, the world would call his love and his definition of goodness foolishness. Now we're going to switch gears because all of you are sitting here going, this is the best Christmas message I ever heard in my whole entire life. Doom and gloom. This is great, right? Let's all leave and let's all be depressed, okay? No, that's not how we want to, all right? Because I do not want you to go later and be like, yeah, no, church was totally depressing. Um, and the Bible doesn't leave us there. That's why I'm not going to leave you there, because the Bible doesn't leave us there. Because here's the question. We have eternal peace, but is temporal peace possible? Is temporal peace possible? I'm glad you said yes, because the Bible agrees with that, all right? It is possible on this side of heaven. But listen to this statement. Only when our hope is in eternal peace, only when our hope is in eternal peace, will we truly start to find temporal peace. So the beginning to temporal peace, the beginning to uh, the peace that we can have in this life, right, this temporary life, starts with eternal peace. Someone who is seeking temporal peace without eternal peace will seek until the day they die and they will never find it. 
all right? Only until you have eternal peace will you be able to find temporal peace, all right? Uh, but here's the thing. We're going to get kind of, we're going to kind of dive down a little bit deep, and I want to, I hope you guys follow me on this, all right? And if you guys hear anything that's heretical, just call me out on it, all right? Um, I don't think it is, but you guys always test me out on stuff, okay? But here's the thing. While eternal peace is, peace is something you receive, okay? Eternal peace is something you receive. It's whenever you put your faith and trust in Christ, you receive eternal peace. Here's the truth. Temporal peace is something we pursue, all right? Eternal peace is something we receive. Temporal peace is something we pursue. Let's break this down just for a little bit. When we find peace with God through Jesus, we are also given who? The Holy Spirit, right? Whenever we, whenever we put our faith and trust in Christ, we are given the Holy Spirit. And with the Holy Spirit, according to Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23, we are giving what's of the Spirit? fruits of the Spirit, all right? Let's look at that scripture real quick. It says this in Galatians 5, 22 to 23, but the fruit of the Spirit is, if you guys want to sing the song, you can sing the song as well. Uh, it's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, oh, oh, right? That's what the fruits of the Spirit are. But what's, what's embedded in that? Is peace in there? Yeah, peace is in there, right? But here's something about fruits. They aren't something received, they're something produced, all right? Fruits are something produced, they are not something received. Think about a tree for a moment. It doesn't have the fruit within itself. What it has within itself is the ability to produce the fruit, okay? It's got the ability to produce it. So many people think that with the gift of salvation comes the gifts of the fruits of the Spirit. That's not true. What happens at salvation is the gift of the Holy Spirit. And what the fruits are, are a product of the Holy Spirit. The fruits are not the gift. The gift is the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit produces certain fruits in us. And a lot of people can get um, frustrated. I mean, how many of you guys, let's just take patience for instance, okay? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Let's just take patience, for instance. Like, have you guys ever been like, I've got the Holy Spirit. Why can't I be more patient? Like, I've been given the gift of patience. No, it's because you've been given the gift of the Holy Spirit, and patience is working its way out, all right? Patience is something that needs to work its way out. On the way over here, like, I've done all my sermon prep and everything, but there's something about New York City that I used to be a, a more patient person until I moved here. And then my patience uh, started to not, like, I got to, like, let me just say the Lord has given me more opportunities for patience, all right? Like, that's, that's how I'll say it here. Because, like, even on the way here, I don't know what's wrong with me. We're not late. We're not running late. We're, like, on time and everything's fine. But the person in front of me decides that they're going to wait too long to, like, make a right. And I can't go. And then the light turns. And I'm like, hurry up. I'm like, uh. Why? Like, why, why, what is wrong with me, right? It's because I'm surrounded by this environment of all of these impatient people, and it's causing me to be impatient as well. Man, I'm like, in the moment, like, as soon as I did that, the Lord was just like, what are you preaching about in a minute, dude? And I was like, oh, that's a good point right there. That's really good conviction. Um, but man, that was, uh, that's just, I mean, think about that for a second. 
how is patience in your life, right? Does it seem to be scarce? Um, have, have you ever prayed for patience before? We, I'm sure we've all prayed for patience before, right? But why should we pray for patience if patience is a gift? Because it's not. Because the Holy Spirit's a gift. And patience is something that has to be developed in our lives. At salvation, God didn't make you patient. He gave the Holy Spirit who was perfectly patient and therefore has given you the ability to be patient as you follow the Spirit's prompting rather than your flesh. That's the key. We follow the Spirit's prompting rather than our flesh. You guys know that flesh has fruits as well, right? Yeah, flesh produces fruit as well. Holy Spirit produces fruit opposite of the flesh, and we're always going to be in battle. We're always going to be in battle with flesh versus spirit. We're always going to. And so we've got to allow the Holy Spirit to work that out in us, work that out in us. The fruit needs to be cultivated in our lives. And so God starts to put things in our lives to do it. It's like learning a new way to live. We're kind of learning, and it is learning a new way to live, right? And so um, when you ask for patience, God doesn't give you patience, but he does show you through the Holy Spirit ways to practice and cultivate it. When you ask for to be more of a kind person, Lord, make me more of a kind person right? Make me nicer. Like, give me, like, more compassion. Make me more kind, all right? Kinder. More kind? Kinder. I don't know. Make me that, right? What is he going to do? Does it automatically happen, and you're, like, all of a sudden, like, kind? No, that's not what happens, but you are given opportunities for the Spirit to show you how to be kind in a situation, and you can choose that avenue, or you don't have to choose that avenue, right? But all of those things have to be cultivated. And the same thing happens with the fruit of peace. You want peace? Then God is going to show you opportunities to show peace. All right? It's not just something that you're granted immediately. Lord, I'm saved. I want peace in my life. Well, here you go. No, I'm sorry. You live in a fallen world. We live in a very fallen world. We're not, gonna, we're not going to have peace all the time, right? Like we, every, if you're surrounded by a bunch of people who are, even if you're in a Christian context, you will never have perfect peace because you've got people who are battling the spirit versus the flesh all of the time. Have you guys ever been in a church that doesn't have any conflict at all? I have never been in that church before, right? Because it doesn't exist because we're all human. I mean, one day it will exist, praise God. But, uh, but it doesn't right now. And so the same thing happens. Peace is something that is eternally given, but it's something that we have to temporarily pursue. We have to temporarily pursue, all right? Let me show you a scripture real quick. First Peter chapter 3, verse 10 through 11. This is what it says about peace, all right? Whoever desires to love life and see good days, and you might notice there's an ellipsis there, and you're like, why are the three dots? That's because we're skipping a bunch of words to get to the point of it, but we're going to go back and look at those words in a minute. Whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him seek peace and pursue it. Seek peace and pursue it. Something we have to chase. I know we all want to be at peace, but it's not something that's just going to magically come about. It's something that we are going to have to seek and we are going to have to pursue. All right? We are going to have to do that. It's one of those things that we have to show in order to receive. We have to show peace in order to receive peace. So how do we pursue it? All right, let me give you guys an example because I always use my children as an example um, because they're just really good for examples, all right? Um, my kids, God bless them, uh, they're at a time in their relationship uh, with one another um, where they just 
do not know how to get along. Okay? I mean, they know how to get along, but they're not getting along. They're at a moment in their lives where, like, like my wife said these words today. Ellie, you have got to stop giving Eli the death glare. Like, those were words that were spoken today in our household, all right? Because they just, and, and, and they just try to get at each other, and they try to annoy each other, and it's like, what is wrong with you guys? Can't we all just get along, right? That peace is not a word that would describe my children's relationship. Um, and here's why. Neither of them are pursuing it. <laughs> I tell them all the time, can you try to be better to one another? Can you try to pursue a little bit of peace with one another, right? And I ask them, I'm like, don't you want it? Like, I, do, I look at my kids and I'm like, do you want to get along with your brother? And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, do you want to get along with your sister? And he's like, yeah, because he's 14, right? And, and I'm like, okay, you guys want to get along with each other. So then do it, right? Like get along. That's all you got to do is get along. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Neither one of them want to put the other above themselves. They won't do it. And so they're going to constantly live in conflict. Like, like whenever, whenever, whenever the death glare thing happened, it was because Ellie was getting a cup out of the cupboard thing. And Eli was like, can you grab me a cup too? And she was like, ah. I was like, it's a cup. Like, why, 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 why? Because she was like, you get your own cup, right? I'm getting my cup. You get your own cup. And I'm sure Eli in that moment was like, give me a cup, right? Not, not like a please, will you please, right? They want to put themselves first. They're always putting themselves first. And it's always selfishness, always pursuing peace. You can write this down, remember it, whatever you got to do. But pursuing peace cannot be done while in pursuit of self. It can't be. Pursuing peace cannot be done while in pursuit of self. When you think about it, isn't selfishness the reason for conflict? It really is. Selfishness is the reason for conflict, that mindset of an eye for an eye. If you want conflict in your marriage, then live by the eye for an eye thing. Just see how that goes. All right. What, what's the key to a successful marriage? You can go to any premarital counseling. You can go to any counseling at all. What's the key for success in marriage? It's putting each other before yourself. That's the key whenever you're talking about marriage. It's the same thing in family. Do you want to help remedy conflict in family? Then you're going to have to be the one that puts everyone else before yourself. And when everyone's doing that, you're going to start to see peace, even among your friends. It happens in all relationships. Selfishness breeds conflict. Selfishness breeds conflict. And, uh, and we will never have peace. And what I found searching through scripture is that peace and selflessness are intertwined. Peace and selflessness are intertwined. Um, who's the person you can think of um, in the world who, who was truly at peace? Only Jesus, right? That's the only person that we can really think of who is truly at, like 100% was definitely at peace. Now, were, were peaceful things going on in his life? No. But was he at peace with it? Yeah, why? Because even whenever he was hanging on a cross, he said, Lord, forgive them for they, they don't know what they do. They don't know what they're doing. Only a person who's at peace can say that. 
Only a, a person who is a person of peace can say those words, right? It turns out he was also the one person that I can think of that was the epitome of selflessness as well. Jesus was selfless. He was also a person of peace. But let's broaden the scope on that passage in 1 Peter for a second uh, because it gives us an example of what pursuing that peace looks like. I love real life examples. Like I'm like, okay, you can tell me to pursue peace, but how do I pursue peace? Like how do I go about doing that? Well, 1 Peter um, helps us out with that. Here's what it says in uh, chapter three, verse eight. Finally, all right, all you, here's some instruction on how to be at peace. He says, have unity of mind. Everyone have unity of mind. Think the same way. Think the, have, the same, have the same ambitions with one another, which is the gospel, which is the glory of God, all right? Have unity of mind. Have sympathy. Have brotherly love. Like these are things that we've got to show to other people. Have sympathy. Have brotherly love. Have a tender heart towards people. And have a humble mind. And here's some practical stuff. Do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling. Yo, that's something that I need to hear automatically. Because guys, we live in a world where paying, repaying evil for evil, that's just what you do. Like that's what you're supposed to do. That's what you've been taught to do. I don't know if you grew up with like, you know, a parent who might've said, look, you get punched in the face you punch him right back. Like, don't let that happen, right? Sometimes we grow up like with these thoughts and we see it in the world, um, you know, as an example all around us, eye for an eye. That's not what it's saying here. It's saying completely change your mind. Do not repay evil for evil. In doing so, it's just, it's just stirring up more conflict or reviling for reviling. Guys, that's going to take the Holy Spirit in us to even be able to do that. He says, but on the contrary, bless for to this you were called that you may obtain a blessing. And this is what he says in 10. For whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. That's how we seek peace. That's how we pursue it. This heart of selflessness is associated with peace. And it's all over scripture. Here's a few more. Matthew chapter five, verse nine says this. Blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called sons of God. Romans chapter 12, verse 18 says this. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14, strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. I love that peace and holiness are associated. Romans chapter 14, verse 19, so then let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. Let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. Do you know what is at the center of mutual upbuilding? Do you know what's at the center of the pursuit of peace? It's selflessness. Selflessness is at the root of all of that. And let me share with you the beautiful cycle of eternal peace leading to the pursuit of temporal peace. Because remember we said to you, in order to even pursue temporal peace in our lives, we have to have eternal peace. We have to have our, our eternity secure. We have to have, we don't, ha we don't need to have to worry about that at all. And we're also given the Holy Spirit who gives us the ability to even pursue peace in the first place. A few verses later in 1 Peter, 
It talks about how the pursuit of peace will be seen positively by others. This is actually a really, really beautiful cycle. In 1 Peter 3, 14 to 15, here's what it says. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled, but in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. He's saying do it with peace. Do it peacefully. Here's, here's, here's the thing. People will see the peace that you are pursuing as hope. They're going to see you pursuing peace and they're going to look at you and go, why on earth are they so hopeful? Why on earth are they like that? Why are they the way they are? Why are they so much different than everyone else that I'm around? And that's because your eternal peace has given you the ability to chase a temporal peace. And whenever you're chasing a temporal peace, that's going to look weird to everyone else. When you're blessing people, instead of going eye for an eye, whenever you're, whenever you're, I, I think of what Jesus said, where he was like, look, if, if there's a soldier that asks you to carry his pack for a mile, go ahead and carry it for two. Like when you're that type of person, that's going to look odd to everyone else. And what that's going to hopefully bring about, what that's going to hopefully cause to happen is that when somebody sees you, it could be while you're at work, it could be while you're at school, it could be while wherever you are, it can be in your building, it, wherever you are, what that's going to do is people are going to look at you, they're going to say, what is going on? And they're going to go, can I, can I just ask you a question? Like, why are you, why are you, why are you so happy all the time? Like, why do you, why do you look hopeful? Like, because I know that you've been through stuff. Why are you still at peace? Why do you still have hope? What's going on in your life? Like the scripture's not saying, hey, be ready just in case, like somebody decides to ask you about the hope. No, it's like, hey, when they do, because you're going to look so much different than everyone else, whenever they look at you and they ask about it, tell them. Tell them in the most peaceful way that you can tell them. Why? So that they can find eternal peace. Because as soon as they find eternal peace, guess what they're going to be able to pursue? Temporal peace, which is what they're looking for. And then somebody's going to see that in them. And the cycle goes on, and the cycle goes on, and the cycle goes on. I love that. Because peace is a beautiful tool for the gospel. Because it looks so much different than what this world looks like. In a world of chaos and conflict, peace looks so much different. And I love that. Jesus truly was the Prince of Peace. He really was. And as for peace on earth, what about that, right? Remember that angel who's like, peace on earth? We're still in the midst of that advent right now. One day that's going to come. It hasn't come yet. They were waiting for the Prince of Peace. He came. We're waiting for the, the peace on earth part. And it will eventually come. Just as sure as Christ came, it will come as well. So one thing that I want to um, ask you guys about, you know, as we've, as we've talked about peace, um, we've talked about hope last week, and, and as we talked about peace today specifically, um, can, I just want us just to just untie our brains for a moment, all right? Because if you're like me, this season has been like the opposite of peaceful. 
I mean, it just seems like there's just been some, there's been one thing after another, and it's led to one thing, and it's led to the other thing. And you know what? It's going to be really easy for me to go through Christmas and to know that there's a peace, but not experience it. It's going to be very easy for me to do that. It's going to be easy for me to go through life and do that. But man, I need a moment just to stop and just to go, no, I have an eternal peace. And I know, I know that peace is a fruit of the Spirit, and I have the Spirit. And I know that temporal peace is possible, and I need to not focus on myself, and I need to focus on others. That's something that I think that we all maybe need to take just a deep breath and do for a moment. Um, just because I just, I don't know, maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just me. But uh, I don't know, the older I get and the, and the further the years go, the crazier things get, you know, the more busy things get. And it's just, I know, it's just so easy just to complain about the busyness and not focus on the peace that, that the Lord offers us. And so what I want to do is um, I want to give us just a chance uh, to just spend time with God for a moment. And I just want to give us a chance just to bow our heads just where we are, where you are, and just to go to him and take a deep breath and to just sit in peace for a moment and to just talk to him. And, and the first thing I wanna ask is, do you have eternal peace? That's the first thing. Because if you don't have eternal peace, you are just gonna have conflict and conflict and conflict inside of you. And if that's something that you need, then I would just invite you today to just cry out to the Lord and put your faith and trust in him. And just say, God, I just want to turn from a life of sin that I've been living and I just want to live for you and I wanna to submit to your authority and I ask for your forgiveness, would you please give me that eternal peace? Please give me that eternal peace. That's what I want you to focus on today if you don't have that. Um, and, and if you do have that eternal peace, how often do you think of it? How often does it resonate in your life? How often does it motivate your next steps, what you're going to do? And in your pursuit of temporal peace, how are you seeking it? Are you seeking it in a selfish way? Or are you seeking it in a selfless way? Thank you for listening. For more information about our church, please visit our website at hopecommunitynyc.com.